0: My producer's name is Jessica Sang. She's a daughter of Cambodian refugees, incredibly bright, has no clue how to take no for an answer. She's completely dogged. She honestly thinks she can accomplish anything. My guess is it runs in the family. We're very lucky to have her. Anyways, she'll read an article about Giselle and Tom Brady separating, and she's like, we got to get Giselle on the show, but she means it. She thinks that she can get Giselle <laughs> to come onto this podcast and talk to me about sports. And then she goes and works hard on it. And while I appreciate that Moxie and I don't want to stomp out that spirit in her, I also don't want her wasting her time. So she comes back to me the other day and says, who would be your dream guest on this podcast? And I go, huh, I've never really considered that. But the truth is ball is life gave us a year. They believed in this show. They supported us. And I want to make good on that. I want this show to be Great. Plus, if Ball's Life ever decides they don't want to do the show, maybe this show goes away. So I'm realizing I've got time. I'm borrowing time from Ball's Life. i got to start to answer Jessica's question. Come up with these dream guests and do this show the right way. So I, I started slowly adding names to this dream guest list. And of course, Jessica turns around and gets one of them. His name is Tim Kiley. And I can't wait for us to meet him together. This is First (laughs) Battle. Welcome to First Ballot, the podcast that celebrates the moments in sports that really matter and decides whether they're good enough for the First Ballot Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Neil, the long-lost Gasol brother, the podcast Jordan Clarkson, half Filipino, half not Filipino, half Jollibee, half the Jewish half of Jordan Farmar. I'm not the biggest Lakers fan. I'm the best Lakers fan. The five-star recruit, the six-star hater, Mr. Not Always Right, but Mr. Never Ever Wrong. Coming to you live from the Shaquille O'Neal Office Depot, big and tall executive suite, desk chair, in my basement and to be clear I'm not in this chair because I'm big I'm in this chair because I'm tall the first ballot hall of fame podcast is brought to you by ball is life and the ball is life podcast network support ball is life because they support your boy at ball is life on all socials inside the NBA is the greatest sports show that's ever existed on television or on any other medium and quite frankly it is in the top 10 shows of all time period And the moments from Inside the NBA are truly legendary. Which moment, if any, are good enough for the first ballot hall of fame? We have to decide that today. And here to help me induct a moment from Inside is a man who spent 40 years in the television business and nearly 30 years as the showrunner of Inside the NBA. He is, in my humble opinion, the mastermind behind the show. He unlocked the talent and the format and his work and his team's work is the reason sports broadcasting will never be the same he's the definition of a super producer it's point breeze pennsylvania's finest the indomitable the irreplaceable tk himself mr tim
1: kiley thank you very much that is some intro neil i'll tell you i uh I just wanted to start by telling you that the teamwork is bullshit. It was all my ideas <laughs> and, um, and, and that's where everything came from. So, I knew it. I just knew know, it. I mean, watch all the truth on, on your, your podcast and let it get out there.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for being on. Uh, my uh, pleasure.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I set this up in our intro, but you are a dream guest of mine on the show to ha So to have you means a great deal. Thank you so much. I am completely influenced and inspired by your work. There is no show or work of art that has uh, impacted my career more and then by proxy my family more. So I just want to say thank you for doing this. It means a lot that you're on this podcast.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm delighted to uh, to talk to you, and, and I appreciate you paying attention, and um, and we always could use the eyeballs, you know, so it was fun. It was great fun to, to do the show. You know, we had we had a good time. And, um, you have
0: a legion of fans uh, and followers, and everyone that watches basketball. And and the, maybe the most fascinating thing is, I think you can make a pretty convincing argument that the shro- that the show is uh, as big as the league. It sort of grew past being the companion show and became its own thing, and it's it's amazing. Um, it's oh, amazing. thank you. I mean,
1: we, we, we were lucky. Um, maybe, you know, one of the great compliments of all time, well, the two best compliments of all time I ever got were when Charles switched gears. You know, he was going to go to NBC. Mm. When he retired, he got hurt, and he was going to, you know, play out the season and go to NBC. And Dick Ebersaw was his, was his in his ear, and they had him all wrapped up. And then we took him out one night, got him drunk as hell, um, got about 400 <laughs> cigars in him, And, uh, he said at four o'clock in the morning, he woke up in a cold sweat and called his agent and said, Ugh. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of switching. I'm thinking of switching because oh these boys God. like to have fun down here in Atlanta. <laughs> what an amazing,
0: what an amazing moment to think about. And what what would have happened if he had gone and signed with Ebersol and NBC? My god, it's amazing to think about. And the well, night with you guys and those cigars I mean, fascinating.
1: I I think that, you know, um you know the, the 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 thing that I think was we were able, you know, we 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 had a blank canvas sorry uh, Swifty fans. Um <laughs> but um uh, you know we, we were I, I had ideas for stuff I wanted to do right And obviously with Charles it just supercharged everything mm-hmm. um, but there were you know everything from basic television stuff that I was taught and brought up on all the way through to you know insane ideas where we brought in elephants or horses or whatever we did um, so it was it was uh, it was a great sort of melding of everything together when he came in, what was it? 2000, I believe, or right around there. And, um, and you know, we just took off from there because Charles made it nuclear, you know? So you start
0: August of 95, correct?
1: Yes. I tunneled out of ESPN. Um, they're still looking for me. I have, I've gotten, <laughs> I've gotten rid of the, uh, the, the prison tattoo from, <laughs> um, no, I worked there four years or almost four years, and it felt like forty-four years. But wow, you know, um, it was it was a great learning p- place, a great spot to learn. You know, the the um, basics of television, but you it very quickly became formulaic and 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 boring. You know, frankly, right. I mean, I. From a creative person like you, you you know the feeling. There's sometimes I just want things to break so I can see how I react to them. Right. You know, and see how things go and see what we can make of it. Um, Yes. But, you know, it has been a mistake. If a mistake happened or something went wrong, you know, people went batshit. And, and, you know, what I did was figure that when we got to our place, Charles is so easy to he's the biggest tuna in the world you can hook him with any gag you know he, he's a sucker for everything and then he makes all these mistakes during the show he contradicts himself he forgets guys names and yeah. you know and all that sort of stuff and i wanted to take advantage I, I, I felt like we should celebrate that that rather than than go oh god oh my god act like it didn't happen you know the yes. guy at home heard it you know i mean yes. he's like he he knows we're not bullshitting anybody
0: yes the, the, uh I direct a lot of Marshawn Lynch's stuff lately. I've been doing his Thursday night football segments. If you've seen those, yeah, I did yeah, a well, show they're with great. him. You're great. You should be congratulated yeah. on me. Oh, no, 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 no. That, kid, that kid's
1: one of the up and comers. He's
0: a, he's a, he is a force of nature and you could put a true blue idiot with him and you get fantastic content. That's how good he is. But I do want to tell the story. I, we did a show on Facebook called no script. And he had befriended a scientist. We Our plan was to have him drift a race car, and then we were going to put a scientist in the race car with him that was going to explain centrifugal force and drifting to Marchand <laughs> while he's drifting. The problem is Marchand blew out the brakes on the car authentically, and the people at the racetrack was like, he cannot get behind the wheel of this car anymore. So the so the, the scientist had to just teach him centrifugal force standing on the blacktop, but he loved this scientist and he called him scientist. And I was like, Marshawn loves you so much, you have to come back on and like free some stuff or blow some stuff on. Uh, so he came back on the show. We set up like your traditional sort of late night in studio. Desk with, like, you know, props and things that Marshawn was going to blow up. And right. we had the cameras and the lights all pointing at the thing. Marshawn walks onto stage and then immediately stands in front of the desk, looking back at the scientist with his back to camera. <laughs> And everyone like it's so clear and like he knows he gets it. He knows where he's supposed to stand. He knows where the cameras are. He knows where the light is. And he was standing on the other side of the desk. And I had this moment where I went, wait a second. Don't stop the cameras and tell him to go on the other side. Just let him
1: be who he is. That is beautiful.
0: And I just feel like I learned that from watching two decades worth of your
1: show. No, I appreciate it. I, I, you, I would have done the exact same thing. In fact, I would have encouraged it, you know. And <laughs> and I think that's what we did from the beginning. I wanted those guys to feel like they weren't attached to the desk, and um, they also, by far, were not attached to prompter. You know, I mean, yes. there is yes. no script in the show. I mean. Um, you know, the very beginning, Ernie and I had a couple of pretty good knockdown dragouts about, about scripting. I can tell you those stories, but um, it went from, you know, Ernie being writing a script that was that thick for a half hour show yes. down to three pages, you know, okay. where it just says, hi, I'm Ernie. We talk, you know, oh um, and that's all we wanted, you know, because we didn't know what they were going to say. and We didn't want to know what they were going to say.
0: But how did you convince them to do, how did you convince Ernie? I don't want to, we'll get into the, the guys later, but how did you convince a pro like Ernie to buy into that idea?
1: Well, I think, you know, um, my era of of television, I'm just ahead of you a little bit. Um, you know, we were taught uh, very formulaic. Yes. Anchor one reads this story. Anchor two reads this story. Or if it's an analyst, you have 30 seconds and you're supposed to talk about X, Y, or Z, um, and it, got, it it just was all backwards. Why you right. know? Why are we asking? Why are we telling these guys what to do when they're the ones that should be telling us what they want? Um, like Marshawn wanting to do all that crazy shit in front of the desk. That's perfect because now he's in his comfort world. So what I kept trying to do was you know, and you know this as well as anybody. In television, we stick an earpiece in your ear. We put makeup on your face. We put you under hot lights with a bunch of strangers on camera, and then they say, "Hey, be yourself." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, there's nothing more distracting and, yes. and 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 sort of, uh, you know, screw. That's why you end up hearing people do 20 second sound bites that are generic because they're so worried about where am I looking all this other shit. So, um, I I when we started with Ernie, it was, Ernie was taught, Ernie's about my age, he's a little older than me, but we came from the same background, local TV. Uh, and then, you know, when he had made it to, to Turner just before I came, but his, everything was scripted because that's what you that's did, right. you scripted right. stuff. Yep. But Ernie had this really wicked sense of humor that I never heard, he never came out when he would script shit, because, mm-hmm. you know, he he was scripting to be read, not to be heard. And, um, you know, they all think everybody's so proud of their writing. When meanwhile, the guy at home doesn't give two shits. You know, the next time somebody says, hey, that was a great lead into that highlight. You know, <laughs> call me up. I'll, I'll be I'll be the first one to fall over for you. So I kept trying to say to no, him, Ernie, write less, write less, write less and, and pay attention to the analyst more. And and he. He kind of was going along with it, but it was his comfort level. So finally, one night, early in the nine, in the late nineties, uh, I just turned off prompter. Oh my god! Uh, and he went fucking crazy. Right? I mean, <laughs> he, he, I, I just, I, I had to do it because I wanted to show him what he could do, flying by the seat of his pants. But Ernie um, was. Uh, you know, Ernie, Ernie. When Ernie gets red, ass it, it's it's the real thing. So <laughs> after the show, and he was great. He was one liners. You know, because yeah. he was he was on his own. He was swimming without prompter. Yes. And he, so Ernie Johnson came out, not er, not some dude who writes really well, but some dude who who can crack jokes, who can pick up fun lines, who's listening, who's doing all sorts of stuff. So the show ended, and um, I could see he was just steam coming out of his ears. I went downstairs to try to, you know, talk to him and placate him and see if he was okay. He would have none of it. He just stormed away from me. I'm said, Ernie, didn't you you sounded good and it was funny and you were loose and all this other stuff. Nothing. He kept storming down the hall. So I followed him down the hall. Next thing you know, he turns into the men's bathroom and I'm like, okay, what am I supposed to do now? Do I follow him in or what happens? So I opened the door. And Ugh. whistles by my head, a coffee cup. Ernie had thrown a coffee cup against the wall. He was so mad and smashed it into a million pieces. And there was some poor engineer in there taking a dump, and he heard all this go on, and he just kept run, running out of the. Uh, he went running out of the bathroom with his pants down. So in those days, remember there was all these postal guys, post office workers. And he called it going yes. postal. They would go yes. crazy at work. Yeah. So the next day I went to the mall and I bought a coffee cup that said going postal and I put it <laughs> on his desk. And, you know, he's been quoted as saying, I, I felt differently when I woke up the next morning. I, I understood what he was saying. And then the coffee cup just capped it because he said, this guy must know what 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 he's talking about because, you know, he gets it because we could have easily just shut off. We had no relationship at all. Um, you know, and 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 never spoke to each other again and just done shows and been generic and and all that shit. So that's one of the, the coffee cup against the wall is where it came from, Amazing. you know. Can, can, let me jump
0: back just for a second. You are at uh, ESPN, the worldwide leader. It is oh, yeah. a, I mean, at the time it was even more dominant. I mean, it's still dominant, but at the time there's, it's ESPN and then there's a gigantic gulf and then there's everything else. Your decision to leave ESPN. Tell me about that moment and what did you want to do with your career? Like, what was your dream?
1: Well, you know, I, I, um, my father was a political animal. He loved politics. He was a newspaper reporter and we used to watch a Sunday morning show called the McLaughlin group. Mm -hmm, It was mm -hmm. a a shot in Washington, DC. And there was this, curmudgeon host named John McLaughlin and then they would have two lefties and two righties and they would just argue. <laughs> and the thing I loved about the show was um it did not sound like an ESPN debate show. Like, you know, right. the, these guys were just winging it. And when they would get on a roll, they would have to go to break and they would just go to break in the middle of mid-sentence. They Like, right. like in other words, you know, they didn't give a shit and they weren't trying to count right. these guys down. They wanted them to right. try to... So these guys are trying to jam this shit in, but when it would go to break, my instinct was, I was like leaning in. uh,
2: uh, I missed something, you know?
1: Yes. And, you know, you and I both know the old expression, leave them wanting more. Yes. Um, And, and so that technique sort of stuck with me in that I wanted to do a show where it was open-ended and we weren't worried about time. Um, And if, you know, we needed to end a segment or something like that. We just would end it in the middle of discussions. But it, when I got to Espen, um, you know, I had worked at a startup company that tried to, to battle Espen and they went out of business and Espen hired a bunch of us because we were doing more with less and that's right. what they were interested in. Um, and when I got there, uh, you know, it was a lot of political infighting, a lot of, uh People trying to, you know, climb on each other's backs. And, and you know, honestly, um, I just thought it was a very difficult place to work. It, it didn't promote creativity as much as it promoted, you know, sort of a military, um, you know, hierarchy. And these are the generals and these are the, and they get to do this. And so it was a frustrating thing. It was, I learned a lot. I would highly recommend anybody to go there. But um, I would also say when you go to ESPN, make sure you have an exit plan because, you know, at some point you're going to have to figure out how to get the hell out of it. And unless you want to, you know, go all go crazy, living in snowy, icy Connecticut for the rest of your life.
0: Uh, You mentioned the McLaughlin group, which I only know because I've seen it spoofed on SNL, Mm -hmm. which then brings me to my next question, which is, the impact of a show like SNL on you. And then I would argue when I watch inside to me, the heaviest influence I feel is from my favorite show late night with David Letterman. Absolutely. Uh, the, the impact of those shows on inside speak about that. And do you sort of consider yourself a comedy guy? Cause I do, I think of you as a comedy guy more than a sports guy. Your thoughts.
1: Well, first of all, thank you. Um, uh, I appreciate it. I, 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 uh, the, the I mentioned two compliments I got one from Charles saying that it should looked like fun the other compliment I got was Dick Ebersol I met him later and you know he kind of gave me gently gave me shit about stealing Charles away from him. but um he said our show and you know Ebersol helped create SNL he said our show was the funniest unscripted show on television and I'm like holy shit man we made it at that so you know it, it, anything we could take from SNL, you know, we, we sort of tried to remember those bits and, you know, when like they would file up prompter and they would file up reading stuff, they, they turned it into a a, a gag, you know, and and they celebrated it. And then the other thing is Letterman, man, I stole so much shit from him. I mean, (laughs) you know, know, the thing about it is, is we have a, we had a researcher named Joe Underhill Um, and Joe's about you know five foot three and um, a brilliant guy but um, the first time he came out um, we were so we were coming out of break and we were so late with the shot sheet that he sneaked behind the desk on his hands and knees and handed the shot sheet up to Ernie like off camera and I went Joe and I told Ernie and Ernie was all for it I said if you have the shot sheet, just fucking walk on out and give it to them. Right. Because oh. you're showing people what how the guts of the show works, and you're like mm. opening it up. So Letterman was famous for you know I forget who the guy was that was his stage manager that he was always. This uh, Henderson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that, he became part of the show. Totally. You know, and so Underdog, Joe Underhill, what we call Underdog, became part of the show. I mean. Oh. We had a bit going for a while where Chris Weber wanted to do a game show called Let's Get Underdog a Date. And it was like a dating game with underdog. You know, it was hilarious. So um, you know, once we shifted from being on at 10 30 at night to being on at 2 a.m., we could really rev it up because nobody was fucking watching us, you know, from the company anyway. And um, but you know, it was great. I mean, it was it was just I could do anything and I'd wait for a phone call the next day and I'd never get it, Um, you know, but I I did get a few phone calls later on. (laughs) In the beginning, it was easy.
0: You're there. Ernie's there when you get there. Uh, Kenny joins after you, correct? Correct. Are you that? So you've got Ernie, you've got Kenny, and you notice that this thing's working, but are you still going? Are you still thinking? God, it'd be great to add this, you know, this jet fuel like Barkley. Were you looking for an athlete to add to sort of finish the picture that you would paint it in your head?
1: Absolutely. Um, You know, uh, and the picture continued to be painted after Charles because I knew the next one was Shaq. Um, And the only other person I ever put in on my wish list was, you know, we spoke earlier about it was Allen Iverson. Mm. But we could never nail him down. He was just, right. you know, he just—he was on as a guest a few times. He was just freaking great. Mm. But you know what happened with with—we were very lucky. We 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 used to bring in um, during the playoffs. Um, we would bring in guest players who had been knocked out earlier, right. you know, and. Right. Um, um, Kenny had, had would tried to keep playing, but his knees were bad. So he, we used him as sort of the main host or the main co-analyst. And then we brought in guests and Kenny would engage the guests and what, Kenny's a brilliant counterpuncher. Like so if you good. say something goofy, he catches it. He doesn't let it go, you know, and nice. he's got... All that New York bullshit, and he's a con <laughs> man, and he's great at dropping it on people. But so we would play gags on people, and some of them were as simple as just finding, like, Gary Payton was on one night, and we found some bad picture of his, you know, he had a fro, and it was, yes, you know, it's when he was a kid, and just something that you could throw up at the beginning of the show. With, of course, they had no idea it was going to show up. Right. Because You know, they're used to the intro like you gave me, you know, building it up. Instead of instead of doing that, we just went, Hey, Gary Payton's here. Look at his stupid picture of him, you know? And then he would, you know, he would be engaged. Oh, that's how it's gonna be. Yeah, yeah, that's how it's gonna be, buddy. You know, and so we did it all night. And of course, he would then begin to fire back because he felt comfortable and he forgot that he was on camera. He forgot right. about the earpiece, he forgot about the makeup. And it was just, you know, um, like you and I are looking into the cameras right now. Um, and that's the way a show's done, like opening stand-ups. Um, but this is the way our show's done. And if yes, you were here, right. we're talking to each other. And yes. we're so now there's a connection. People are listening to each other rather than saying, well, we already rehearsed this six times. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say this about LeBron James. And you're going to say, I'm going to say LeBron's great. You're going to say LeBron stinks. And it's just like,
0: give me a <laughs> break.
1: You know, I mean, I had directors that I worked with who would scream and yell, why aren't they looking at camera two? Why aren't they looking? Because I don't want them to fucking look at camera two. I want them to look (laughs) at Neil and talk to Neil, you know? So that was where Uh, we were at.
0: Amazing. Uh, I didn't ask you to table set for us. I ask every guest on the show, what's your favorite sport, your favorite team, and your favorite athlete of all time? Do you have answers to those three questions? Favorite sport, favorite team, favorite athlete of all time?
1: I love professional football. Um, I'm a Steeler fan. It's in my blood. It was part of the family. And, uh, my favorite player was, um, was Jack Lambert, um, you know, who was, would take his teeth out and look like count Dracula. And, um, you know, so, uh, but he was the greatest and he was great to work with. He was a total curmudgeon and he'd MF us and, and, uh, you know, he'd call us all names. And I learned very quickly, He was the type of guy that Charles is this way too. He wants you to give him shit. In fact, he demands it. And if you, the less you give him shit, the less you sort of go, oh, Charles, please do this for me. I just go up and go, Chuck, here's what we're fucking doing. Okay, all right. And then he'd yell at me and I'd yell back, Um, you know. And and so Lambert was that way. Lambert would say, he'd come in and he'd go, I told you guys to give me two pairs of socks. And I'd go, go fucking talk to Dan (laughs) Rooney, you know, or whatever. (laughs) And he would just laugh it off and and he he loved it. And, and I learned then that, you know, I mean, I, I had people look at me like I was crazy because I was just, you know, a 14, 15 year old kid telling Lambert to go firm for himself. So, you know, I mean, it was uh, but it was a great learning experience, you know? So did you freak out when they want, when the
0: conversation of adding Shaq happened only in that? I mean, obviously Shaq, we all know Shaq now, but in the moment, you guys had, in my opinion, the best sports show that had ever existed. It was it was you and Ernie and Kenny and Chuck. And it was the best. It was out of this world. And then the idea of adding Shaq comes up. And I think you could have made the argument as a producer, hey, let's not try and fix this thing that definitely isn't broke. What is your thought as the idea of adding Shaq comes up?
1: Well, um. You know, the the first thing that happened was I I was all for it. First of all, I wanted him to come in. Um, I thought it would be great because I knew I knew the background between him and Charles. You know, their mothers were best friends. Um, They talked to each other on the phone. They talked to the both of them like Mrs. um, Charles's mom would call Shaq and give him shit and vice (laughs) versa with, with Shaq's mom giving Chuck's mom shit. And it was just. They had this great relationship, but I knew we could mine. Yeah. So um, we hired him. And I was very excited when I, when you say freak out, I freaked out in a positive way that mm-hmm. we got him. Um, and I sat and talked with him and we had a great conversation. Like we talked about with celebrities, you know, I talked to him. We're going to fuck with you. We're going to mess with you. And we don't want Shaq said, I'm going to, I'm going to be the next Brian Gumble." And I said I don't fucking want Brian Gumble. I want uh Shaq. I want the clown. I want the kid. I want the guy who passes out toys at Christmas, Santa, a Claus and all that. But I don't it didn't register. You know, he was into this yeah. and he probably had people in his ear talking about being, right. you know, a, a professional announcer, yes. blah blah blah. So but the big thing was was the critics killed us because they said well, he's going to ruin the chemistry because he mumbles. And, you know, and he would, uh, you know, at the end of uh, your being a Laker fan, heard a million interviews where he was. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, that was not, that was contrived because his dad, who was a hard ass Marine, um, said, I don't want to hear you fucking talk. I want to see you play. Right. So he was Ugh. instructed that he shouldn't talk to the media or give them as little as possible. And then he picked up the mumble. Mm-hmm. So it was like, he, he's not going to do this. So. Okay. We start doing a show and in the first shows he mumbled and we got killed for it. And um, he just, it was just a habit, you know, I mean, he'd been doing it for 20 plus years. So uh, I pulled him aside and I, I I said to him, Shaq, I'm giving you an example. You got to feel like you're yelling because you got to cut through Charles. You got to cut through Kenny. You got to cut through Ernie. You got to cut through music, natural sound, you know, all right. Okay. So he projected a little bit better for a couple of weeks and then one halftime, he mailed it in and he just mumbled the whole halftime. So I'm sitting in my producer chair. Ooh, great teaching moment. Right. So I run downstairs <laughs> and Shaq, like Chuck and a lot of those guys, they only understand being yelled at because that's the way coaches operate. Right. Right. So, uh, and, you know, I would tell you, you know, when you bark back at Marshawn Lynch, you'll get his attention. I, I guarantee you. But so I grab Chuck. I mean, I grab Shaq and I go, uh, "Motherfucker! We we talked about this. What are you doing? This is bullshit!" And, and I'm, uh, and of course, when you're yelling at Shaq, you're doing this. Yeah, yeah pointing straight up. But I'm <laughs> cursing him out with every word I have, and I'm telling him, that "This is this is his end." And he's got his head down like an altar boy, you know. Boo boo. I said, "Are we good? Are we fucking good? Do you understand what I'm talking about?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. So I turned around and and and, Neil, I I shit you not, he grabbed me by the collar and by the back of my pants and picked me up. Oh my gosh! and, And held me over his head like I was a baby, and I am not a small dude. Um, and so you know, and you know how carrying dead weight, so I'm up in the air, floating around, going, okay, Shaq uh You can do this, and I can do that, and we're going to work together well. And after that, we were cool, man. He Ugh. he just put me down like a little rag doll, very gently, and uh, <laughs> we walked away. And that was our relationship. Oh, so that's that's shack <laughs> for you. He's beautiful. Oh my
0: gosh, what a story! I keep thinking about the greatness of your cast. If you'll indulge me for just a moment, Charles Barkley becoming an NBA player is like insanely difficult there's probably a thousand kids in every town in every county in every state across the country millions and millions maybe hundreds of millions of people that want to play in the nba and what 60 make it every year and then to be in the top 100 and i'd say even higher than that of the 45 guys who have ever played in the nba that's the top two percent of the top one percent of the people on the planet charles barkley as a basketball player, if you're young and listening to this podcast, and you don't know he was, uh, he, it's just, it's, I can't even explain to you how good of a basketball player he is. And now with that understood to me, he is a better bass. He is a better broadcaster than he is a basketball player. Do you see how ridiculous that is? That yeah. is, it's it's truly insane. And then I think about Ernie Johnson. You can't do the show without Ernie. He's got more trophies than Chuck in this show. It's <laughs> he's like a Robert Ori type. He's as talented as any of the the guys, but he's willing to sort of play the the part of the 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 traffic cop, Kenny smith is as you've noted he is just so good and he's so undervalued and so underappreciated and the show would just never be as good without someone like Kenny and then you've got Shaq who I don't say this in the internet trolly way but Shaq is genuinely a clown maybe the most physically imposing person that's ever existed on planet earth picks up TK lifts him over his head puts him back down and then is willing to be a clown so that you can laugh at home you've got those four people it is the most incredible cast I could think of and so I started going is there a Comparable, is there a cast that's like that that I could pair these guys to? And I land on Seinfeld. I now listen to these comps and think about this mm-hmm. Ernie is Jerry Seinfeld, his mind puts the whole thing together. Chuck is George, he drives every storyline. <laughs> Kenny is Elaine, and this one makes me very, very happy because Kenny being like Julia Louis Dreyfus. Warms my heart. They're unquestionably undervalued in their positions, and Shaq being Kramer, he—that's the easiest one. Pure physical comedy. When I think about that, I go, "That is the right comparison. That is the echelon that to me, your show Inside the NBA and your work—that's the comparison. You're talking about that tier, that echelon of talent. It—it it blows my mind to think about.
1: First of all, the, the, the Seinfeld thing's brilliant um, because. We got, I got a call a few years back from, um, uh, and I didn't recognize the name because I didn't pay attention to the credits on Seinfeld, but Peter Melman called us. Yes. He, he directed, I don't know, a 100 of the episodes yes. or something. Yes. And he wanted to do stuff for Inside. He thought we were funny and he needed oh to do an interview. So he interviewed Blake Griffin, who at the time was the number one pick and looked like, you yes. know, the freakazoid of the end. And his first question to Blake Griffin was, Blake, you're multiracial. Do you fear that your white half will hold you back (laughs) as as an NBA player? And it was fucking tremendous. Those guys went off on it and everybody went crazy about it. And so it was great to have, great to hear that 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 comparison to Seinfeld was perfect. But um, uh, those characters do exist in that. And Kenny is, Elaine is genius.
0: So, uh, all right, we have to decide which of the moments from inside the NBA goes into our first Belt Hall of Fame. To do that, we usually tell the story of our moment, and then we go through our Hall of Fame credentials. Those are the categories by which we judge our moment. For today's episode, since the greatness of Inside is unquestioned, we have to land on which of the moments from the show goes into the first Belt Hall of Fame. To do that, we're going to toss some uh, moments at you, Tim. You're going to tell us what you remember from them, obviously. We want to hear the sort of behind the scenes, what happened from your perspective, TK. We'd really appreciate it. Um, Before we go into our moments, Hall of Fame credential, analytics, here's some numbers behind inside. Inside the NBA won 17 Sports Emmy Awards, six times for Best Daily Show, six times for Best Weekly Show, three times for Best Weekly Show Limited Run, one for Best uh, Decoration Art Visuals, one for Best Social TV Experience. Ernie Johnson won six awards for Studio Host. Barkley won four for Studio Analyst. Inside, inducted into the Broadcasting and Cable Hall of Fame October 2016, uh, became the 12th program to receive that honor, the third sports show after sports Center and M- Monday Night Football. The uh, inside also inducted into the Naismith Memorial basketball hall of fame in 2020 here at the first ballot hall of fame. We do not recognize any other hall of fames. I hate those hall of fames. I think they're crap. I, I, I hate having to admit that in front of such an esteemed (laughs) guest, but it is the truth. TK, do those stats, do those, what are those awards? Do they mean anything to you?
1: Well, I, I, you know, if that's, that's the, if that's the standard and you can put your name in with SNL and, Mm. And, and, um, uh, Monday night football and sports center and all these great shows, you know, i I mean, I got a few behind me, I'll take them, you know, <laughs> oh my God. but, um, <laughs> you know, in the end it's, it's, it's working with the guys and, and, and just, you know, I, the thing about it is, you know, you know, you've worked probably your share of overnights and, you know, terrible hours and. Um, we used to, you know, we, it's the only job I ever had where I would leave the building at two thirty in the morning, mm. laughing mm. my ass off because of some stunt we pulled that freaked out Chuck or freaked out Shaq or, <laughs> or, or, or tortured Kenny or whatever we did, you know? So, um, uh, lovely it, day's uh work. you know, that's, that's the part that I, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm going to miss the most is messing around with those guys. So.
0: Uh, the, the the thing we've again, we've mentioned SNL a couple of times, the thing that inside and SNL have that are in common, they're both institutions in every uh, definition of that word. They're institutions. And I, I just can't explain and express how difficult it is to get to that level. It's it's amazing. Uh, all right. Here are our moments. Honorable mention. These are moments are not. I mean, they could be considered at some point. We'll do our own episodes on them later. But these are honorable mention moments. The race with Dick Bavetta. Yes. When when Chuck wins the Emmy and he gets sprayed with the champagne, which is so full of love that I'm it's overwhelming to watch. It's such a lovely thing to celebrate Chuck to give Chuck that moment. I know it's like played off as a joke and it is it's dangerously funny, but for him to also feel the admiration the love as a world-class performer and analyst on the show, it was just amazing. Uh anyways, the moment did you do you remember the moment when uh when Ernie goes, you know what, I smash tricks, and he's talking about the cereal. Have you seen that moment? <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> <laughs> holy shit, Shaq's face! It is so goddamn funny when Shaq does that. Oh my god, uh, that's uh, great. oh greatest. My god. The bracelet from the guy in the steam room, which I know is controversial that I don't have this uh, in, in the running here, but th- those are all just honorable mention. Also Chuck trying to eat the bread before the timer runs yeah, out yeah, with yeah, 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 Chris yeah, Webber. Absolutely. Oh my God. So good. All right. Here we are. Here are the moments. The champions club bit with Chuck. They have transformed studio a for halftime here to the champions club in honor of magic Johnson's final night of his six nights stay here. So our last at and halftime report will be done. From the Champions Club, where I guess you got to be an NBA champion to even get in the place, and security, Magic obviously is, is quite tight. It's very tight. Yeah. Okay. Magic. okay. How you doing? All right. All right.
1: You good? Kenny, right. hey, how, hey, how you doing? Hey, Good to see, see, see you, man. Good to see you, man. Hey, yo.
2: Hey, wait, Chuck. I wait. Uh, I I I'll get you? somebody who can get you in. Hold on, one second. Hold on. No, we, Hold we, on. We good. We good. Oh, Come y'all playing a joke on the judgment. Y'all some funny dudes. Hey, Chuck. You at karim in here. Get out of here. Oh, oh here. guess what? Finnish Dimbo was asking for oh, him oh, here. In oh, 3 to 0. Y'all live this buddy. Huh? Hey, Nate Archie <laughs> up over here. Hey, he's sorry, baby. He's over there with Mike Timbersey. <laughs> oh, man. Jack Haley said don't let you in. <laughs>
0: what is your memory of the Champions Club bit?
1: Well, we we ended up um we had gone out with Chuck. He had, he's extremely generous, you know, and and So he took a whole bunch of people out to a nightclub the night before Mm. a crew before. And, you know, the crew was half blown out of their shorts. All of us were doing the show (laughs) the next day. Right. Um, And, um, and so we were sitting there and we were talking about, you know, he was mauled at the club and some of us couldn't get in and he'd have to point and say, let that guy in, let that guy in. So we were sitting around and we kicking around an idea and it became a nightclub called the Champions Club, where only champions could be in. And um, Magic was first. And and we, all, we told Kenny, look, um, you gotta get Chuck out of the green room right. and take him around to this the studio entrance where we had made it look like a nightclub. Yes. And we had these two huge security guards <laughs> and the door would open just a crack and it's thumping music and yep. all this other stuff. So Ernie gets in honorably because he's with Magic. Right. And then Kenny drags Charles over. And, of course, Kenny's two-time champion with the Rockets. And right. he goes. And then just the two security guards are <laughs> blocking Chuck. And Chuck just sits there and goes, y'all playing a trick on the Chuck's, ain't you? And then Ernie opens the door and says, <laughs> all he kept yelling, he and Magic kept yelling the most you know, like, uh, what was his name? Uh, Fennis Dembo. Fennis Dembo, Jan Tabak. Yes. Um, the dude that was Rodman's buddy, who was that guy? Jack Haley. Jack Haley, you know. He's in here, they're killing it, you gotta be in here. So, <laughs> yeah, that was it. <laughs> Jack Bayless, Haley, yeah. you ought to see him, he looks great, <laughs> you know. And...
0: <laughs> that, that What I love about that is when you can tell where the joke is, but you're still looking forward to it so much to see the the punchline coming up. Chuck, we know what's going to happen to Chuck. We know he's not going to yeah, get in, yeah. but to watch that moment and then to add to build onto that with those names Fennis Dembo, Jan Tabak, Jack Haley. So there's those are so funny to be pitching those names. Just a fantastic fantastic moment uh the the new year's eve party different fruit off the same tree here uh the new year's eve party you guys do a bunch of pre-tapes acting like there's a huge new year's eve party going on in the studio you're baiting chuck with it every break He's getting excited. Kenny's like, who's your favorite performer? And Chuck's like, wait, hold on. Did you get this guy? And it's all like building up this excitement Absolutely. to then pull the rug out of, from from under from Chuck at the end. Is that real? Does Chuck really buy that? Was he no, excited?
1: I, I, I said to you uh, earlier in the, in, in the podcast that, that he's the biggest tuna fish in the world. He is so easy to hook. And, and, and Neil, I'm not lying. That was, he was genuinely disappointed. So we walked out, we were, we were all laughing. And he, he was like, man, I, I was, the Chuckster was ready to have some fun. You know, all this other shit. And I think we ended up going to some dump <laughs> bar that stayed open at 3 a.m. just to laugh o'clock, oh you God. know. But yeah, yeah, that was that was every segment of every halftime and you know leading up through the show, we we kept in bumping and Weber was running the party yes. and, and oh, they had did a DJ and all job. this other stuff. And all our crew was there dancing yes. around. And then when we came in, you know, the guy all that was left was was uh one of our stage hands was just sweeping the floor, you know. But he <laughs> so he literally, I'm not lying. I mean, he was crushed. Uh, he was wor- world
0: class acting from Chris Weber. Again, I just want to take my head off to Chris Weber. He he carries those little pre tapes oh, and really carry. makes you buy into it. Also, you calling Chuck a tuna fish, that that concept, I'm taking that with me. That one's for me. <laughs> I'm gonna use that from now on. Uh, Absolutely. The, the the
2: shack Shaq gas, gasoline Shaq is giving a great education. Yeah, Because I told him I didn't want to get a, a certain vehicle because of the amount of gas I would have to spend. Yeah. It costs like eighty dollars to fill it to up. fill it up, and he right. said, "Then you said, when it gets to half, then you put twenty dollars. You bring it back to full." Yeah, <laughs> but if I keep doing, th- I would have to stop more often and no, still spend wouldn't. eighty. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Why? You're complaining about when it gets to zero, you spend eighty, right? When it gets to half, you put 20. Then when it get
0: back to half, you put 20. Yeah, but, but I'll guys. keep
2: stopping putting 20 in, and it. it'll be 80 Kidding. the same amount as
0: gas. And the moon versus California bits. <laughs>
2: America Shaq says, how long is that flight to the moon? How long is the flight to the moon? Uh, we, don't, we don't know. No, you don't know. No, you right either. don't
0: look that far.
2: It don't get, look that far. <laughs> <laughs> just listen to my point right it's quick. It's six hours away. OK, but just get, listen to my get point. Get to the moon, is six. Listen to my point. If we go outside right now on Ten Fifteen Techwood Drive, I can't see California. But I know it's a five-hour flight. If I go outside on 1015 Techwood Drive, I can see the moon. That's why I asked the question. How long is the flight? This is it, man. Right. This is it, man. But, but, this but, is it, Zach. The
0: no what are you doing in those moments? Like, you're in the stu- you're in the booth. What are you doing? Are you, like, telling everybody, stop? Hold on. Don't do anything. Let him, like, like give him all the rope he needs here. How are you handling those moments?
1: You know, uh, it, it's just, it, it, I just tell the director, cut you know i mean you know cut i'm not cut the scene cut just cut your cameras cut your mics yes and let's let it go and then uh, (laughs) the other thing that would always go into high gear is uh, um my paint box operator um is a guy named alex Hooverus, who is an absolute genius Mm. and and he's also incredibly quick um you know he does the gone fishings and all that sort of stuff but he would doodle something you know like shack at a gas pump or something stupid that we could put up and just keep the conversation going keep it alive um because we kept we kept doing it and we were just sitting there stunned and then like half the people the best is after we go to break half the people in the studio are going wait 20 and put 20 in you know, he's right. No, you're full of shit. He's wrong. <laughs> People were arguing, you know, all over, all about it. Um, he also said, um, he said he went outside one night to get some air. And um, he said, uh, oh, it was the night. It was the night that uh, was the anniversary of the landing on the moon. Mm-hmm. And he went outside and he, uh, on his own. And, and looked up and looked into the sky, and then came back. And we, we, we start a segment. You know, we're just a normal segment. I have no idea what he's going to do. And Ernie says, "Okay, welcome to the show." And Ernie, hold on a minute. I want to ask you something. How long do you think it takes to get to the moon? And, and, and Ernie goes, "What?" He goes, "Well, you said it's the anniversary. How long does it take?" Yeah, I don't know, Shaq, About four days. Well, how come it takes four? Only if it takes four hours to go to California because I can see the moon, but I can't see California. When he said that, everybody just looked around and went, "You know, he's right." <laughs> but that was all Shaq on his own. I mean, he just came up with that one on his own. That was beautiful. That's
0: so brilliant! It's so funny. Oh my god! And it's like it's so it's like the the palpable. Like, is this a bit? Is this not a bit? Wait, he doesn't get it. Hold on, let yeah. me. Like, you want to be in the room so you can also no. help explain
1: it. Ernie, oh Ernie actually got angry. Yeah, you know, I mean, like he, you know, he he wasn't buying it, and he thought it was bullshit, and he started to get pissed off, you know. So we just let it go until it was the end, and then when they, as soon as we went to break, Ernie's trying to take notes, putting his notes down, Shaq's going, "No, don't stop me! Listen oh to me! This is you know, and, and you know, and he kept trying to explain it, and we turned it into a cartoon. Yeah, um, so those you, are so You good. see it online; it's it's a yes. funny cartoon where so good, but it was that was
0: Shaq. He's a piece of work, man. Chuck holding his breath underwater. So how long do you think you can hold your breath underwater, Chuck? I'm thinking a minute. Charles, you may be good. (laughs) Hey,
2: Charles, hey Kenny, look at this shot, man. How much is that? That's only seven seconds? You're almost, he's not making you're, it. Charles, you're almost there. That's it's only 11.
0: 11 seconds. 12.
2: Wow. He's not making oh. it. He's coming no. up. He's no, not, he's just adjusting he's his, his feet. Because his feet I'm are on a block you, back, it's here. Only oh. back here. Oh. Oh. 20. I yeah. 20 seconds. Oh. Oh. Quick, quick, help, oh, it quick, help,
0: help. quick, quick, oh. Oh. quick, 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 oh, very nice. You can't be oh. making me laugh, oh. man. Oh. It's okay, we can try it again next show, it's okay. But you guys would take just the tiniest, simplest little premise. How long can Chuck hold his breath underwater? I think David Blaine had done like that bit yeah, before you guys Yes. Yes. And so I was like, how long can you do this? And then it just like, it's just the simplest, tiniest little premise. You guys got a fish tank. You put a camera under the water so you can see Chuck's head in the water, which is like the whole goddamn thing. Like it just to see his face struggling through that. And then to hear Kenny sort of like revving it up and acting like he's not going to be able to do it. It's just so good. that moment, the, the breath, the Chuck holding uh, his his breath underwater. Any was he mad after that? Was anybody's feelings ever really hurt in a moment? Also, there's the moment the Shaq sort of infamous one-two back to one moment oh, yeah. when he that gets
2: was met- genuine. No I'm gonna knock your ass out. Telling you right now, play him if you want to. Supposed to be one-two-three, not one-two back to one. Dumbass.
1: He was pissed off. Pissed off. Tell me about that <laughs> uh, well uh, the the David Blaine thing had happened and I called Chuck that morning and we were just farting around I was just calling him about bullshit but I the other thing that Charles besides being the tuna fish he's also he thinks he can do anything mm. he thinks he could fly a jet you know whatever I could do that but that's nothing that's easy so when I I threw it in his ear did you see this David Blaine dude? And Chuck watches everything. He's like, Yeah, yeah. I saw it. Eight hey, yeah. Minutes that dude held underwater. Yeah, that's that's something pretty funny, and then yeah, okay. And we hang up the phone and he calls me back two minutes later and says, Boy, give me a fish tank. <laughs> right. And then I'm like, What are you talking about? You know, and he, and it, it was him saying, Get me the fish tank, I'm gonna break <laughs> the record, right? And then I think he did 20 seconds or something, 23 <laughs> yeah. seconds. Um, but the the one, two, three, one thing, um, the story behind it was it was a sales element um, yeah. where they had a role Well, it wasn't Rolex. It was some watch, yeah. and um, and and so we were supposed to put a timer on them, right? You know, which was an antichrist thing for me. So <laughs> right. I don't <laughs> never want to worry about listening to right. time. Right. So we're we're going to the you know. And I said, we're gonna, what, "What do you want me to do? They, they can't say their name in three minutes. I'm not putting three minutes, up there, you know." So. <laughs> So we get, we're, we're coming out of break, and I'm pissed off because I, I know I have to do this segment. And Ernie's, you know, he's all set with his whatever, we, whatever the hell we were going to talk about. But um, uh, the 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 uh, graphics guys called and said, "Well, how much time do you want to put on the clock?" And I said, "Oh, fucking clock! I fucking put ten minutes on it. I don't give a shit, you know." And so I put ten <laughs> minutes on this thing, and it starts rolling. And Chuck literally talks for 10 minutes. And, 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 and you know, like, I mean, uh, you know, and Kenny's just looking at him going, you done yet? And, blah, 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 blah. and, then, and then all of a sudden it goes to Shaq and he just goes, you know, as you know, you've seen it. So he just, he yeah. just, I don't want to say nothing, that big mouth. Movie. So, and he was mad as hell. Uh, and then he got off, and I told him afterwards. That was the greatest thing I've ever heard. Yes, oh my you know, god! And, he, and, he, and 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 then you know he was fine after that. But
0: uh, Shaq's,
1: Shaq can get he he he's, um, he can get t- ticked off too. So that's it's funny, so
0: funny. Him him being mad. We have a segment on the show here called "You Mad," where I love it when anybody's mad. If somebody gets oh, mad yeah. about something, I just think it's hysterical. You wait, mad? Wait. You mad? For Shaq to be really mad about that, that just really warms my heart. Uh, the also um, someone tweeted about that moment you can tell these dudes really love each other because you can see that Shaq is pissed and everyone's reaction to Shaq being pissed is to laugh hysterically. That, and that is so perfect for him to be genuinely mad. And for everybody to just be like, Oh, that's so funny that he's mad. That just says everything about your cast and your show. Oh my God. It makes my heart. Oh, thank sing. you. It's the it so it way it happened. The, uh, the race.
2: All right, gentlemen, ready, set,
0: Ernie, oh, yeah. Weber, yeah. Kenny, Chuck, racing what hundred yards or something? Yeah, yeah. Or,
1: we uh, did it over at Georgia Tech.
0: Georgia Tech. It's it, I don't remember how it comes up, but it's basically who who can who's the fastest of this group? We're gonna have this run. They fire off the pistol. Ernie immediately thinks there's a false start, which is just perfect, old guy. Yeah. To be yeah, like, hold I, on, that was a false start. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chuck is pulling up lame. Shaq is too big to keep up, and so it eventually just becomes Kenny and Chris Webber. Kenny starts hot-dogging, puts on the burners, gets out ahead, starts to celebrate a little bit, pulls up, and Chris Webber passes him at the finish line. It's just perfect television. Again, a super simple premise. Who is the fastest of you dudes? And you guys turn it into, I could have watched that for an hour.
1: You two guys turned it into a whole doc. What are your memories of that moment? Well, it, we were doing it was actually a a full athletic competition. So if you watch it, they they um I think we did a full show on it. But we we, we we they did like we did a pregame and blew it out and instead of talking NBA, we did a competition or something. But um they they hit a baseball. They if you ever look it up, Kenny trying to kick a soccer ball. <laughs> He looks like like it, it's just it's so bad him trying to kick the soccer ball and you know and how hard is it to do that? Oh. But it was it was a throw a football. It was uh, it was a couple of things, and then it was it ended with the race. And the thing about the race was we were all praying because we figured Kenny was going to win, right? Um, you know because he still he was younger than most of those guys, and he was yes. you know. But you forget how fast Weber was. And like you said, Chuck and Shaq were just lumbering. So um, uh, when 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 uh, Weber nipped him at the, at tape, it was we all broke out in celebration because we you know Kenny was going to be insufferable, right? You know, it just absolutely full of New York bullshit, insufferable you know, Yankees and whatever you know, just all <laughs> the shit you get out of those guys. And and so he. Um, um him losing and he refused to be you know he re- it was he wouldn't get on the metal stand he wouldn't take <laughs> anything out of it and every time we showed it we, we made a bit out of that for like weeks afterwards <laughs> yeah, yeah whenever he got on his high horse we would just replay the thing and he'd go oh you know he he had a no new excuse every time he i would have loved to have been in grade school and been his teacher just to hear him tell what <laughs> the excuses that he would come up with for missing his homework because that, that dude up with oh some serious excuses that, that that you
0: had genuine drama at the finish line that it became like real content what a huge production win you also i just want to make uh, the point that you had the Georgia Tech band there to celebrate the, oh, big, yeah, the yeah, winner. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Weber taking like treating it super seriously. Oh yeah crying on oh, the God. podium. Run oh. through the tape. Run through the tape. Run through the tape as a take home. That that ticks every box on the first bell hall of oh, fame. Yeah, absolutely. credentials. Fantastic. Uh last no, there's two more uh, I wanted to, no 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 pardon there's three more. I'm gonna do these quick because I'm making you sit on this show. No, it's fine. I appreciate it. When Shaq fell, when he goes to get out to run to the board, and he falls and smashes okay. into the ground.
2: Oh! <laughs>
1: oh! You hey, set me up, Ernie. Hey. What do you mean, yeah. me?
0: Is that a setup? What did he no. trip on? It
1: seemed like. Oh, okay, tell no, me. About he, that. he he. You have to rig his seat in in such a way. He's because he's just huge. You know, right. I mean, you know, and and um, he he uh he, one of the audio guys or technical guys was trying to lay cable, you know, to get through, to get into his mic and get to where, and he has a little gizmo that he does sound effects on. Right,
0: right, right. And he's
1: always trying he loves gizmos. So he's always trying to get something <laughs> on the set to screw around with. And um, so, you know, they just laid the cables and laid them over his foot and he never noticed it and all that sort of stuff. And he got up and oh. tore out half the set. you know, um, when he fell. So that was absolutely unplanned, all shack, you know, you know, total fucking, um, you know, and then we turned it into Alex, turned it into, um, he had so many paint boxes that were hilarious later on (laughs) in the night, you know, of him him landing in different places and all sorts of stuff. So, you know, that was just a gift from God. That was all I can tell you on that one.
0: So good. Uh the the hot chip challenge. When Shaq does the hot oh, yeah. chip challenge. Bet you twenty dollars I'll buy the
2: chip won't even make a face. A it's nothing to me.
1: Uh, <laughs> <sound a> little...
2: <laughs> I'm not making a face, though. Just... i am i am just coughing.
0: It's so good because he is doing, he is puffing out his chest. This is going to be no problem. He's yeah. mentioning his fraternity where he went, yeah, yeah, how yeah, tough yeah. of a duty he is. Yeah. He eats that chip and immediately takes a deep breath and is just on fire. It's so funny. Uh, what happens after Shaq goes to the bathroom?
1: He, he kept saying he needed water. And, and, and even Kenny was saying, Shaq, if you drink water, it's going to get hotter. You know, and, you know, so he's trying to guzzle water. And then he's, you know, we, we told him, you need milk, man. You got to drink milk. I don't drink no milk. Shaq don't <laughs> do nothing. You know, blah, 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 blah. He, he was still trying to talk his way out of it like he's the baddest dude. You know, because that's Shaq's MO. Like, Kenny's always conning you. Shaq's always um, talking about how great he is. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that was... It was great there. Oh
0: my god! So it's one of my one of my personal favorites. Oh, and then yeah. the last one, the last moment I want to discuss with you, Kenny Smith's jersey retirement. Tonight it's all about raising numbers to the rafters. Reggie Miller at Conseco Fieldhouse. There goes number thirty-one. Magic Johnson. Oh, I
2: oh, already got the jokers. Oh, yeah. I coming over. Oh, to the rafters.
1: Oh yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> so it was Magic was in the studio. Yes. And uh it was it was Magic had just just had his jersey retired. That's why we did it. That's right. So it was we he got it retired on the weekend and then he came in for a Thursday show or a Tuesday show. And of course we you know we just said, you know, we're gonna acknowledge it first thing, obviously, and come out and Magic got his thing. And again, we wouldn't tell him right. that. So his reactions were genuine um at the top of the show because he you know he just thought it was cool we remembered him and all that sort of stuff and so that kind of sets the tone for the night and and then you know it, it, we kept teasing wait till you hear what happens on Neto, um which is you know our name for our our stupid goofball segment but right. um um but he um he you know it was a stagehand we we had a we had a houston jersey Yes. And it was Tracy McGrady's jersey, That's right. right? That's right. <laughs> and, and, and a stagehand came to me. This is, again, how cool the atmosphere around the show is. I always, one of my lines is, if the cleaning lady has a great idea, I'll use it. But I'm going to give her credit for it on the air. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: So um, the, the stagehand came and he said, I can rig this up where we'll tape his name, tape his name up. We'll make it look good, oh, all it's... this other stuff. And... Um, and I, the only thing I said to them was, no, nah, I actually wanted to look as shitty as possible. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So, you know, yeah, we can tape it up where it has number 30. You <laughs> know, um, the best was, um, so like a week later, um, Kenny was, you know, Kenny was actually like pissed off. Like, it was, it was funny. He was like, yo, bunch of this and that. So it turns out that Kenny said um, his jersey was retired at North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Right, and one of our researchers called up North Carolina, and they said, "No, no, he's he's a most it's most honored, <laughs> uh, it's like, the, the jerk." And, and then we got an interview with uh, with a kid who was wearing number thirty at North Carolina at the time, and he says, "Man." It is such an honor to be wearing Rasheed Wallace's jersey. (laughs) That that, that pumped it up. Oh my
0: god, that's so funny! What a great add to that story. Yeah, when when Kenny realizes in the moment you guys have crudely mocked up a Kenny Smith jersey on this Tracy McGrady jersey, it's so funny. You you going make it look bad is so funny. It when Kenny realizes the joke. And he gets out ahead of him. He's like, oh, I see what's going That <laughs> is the best part of that moment that Kenny goes, I know where this is going. And Magic is dying laughing.
1: Oh, he's dying. They're oh, they're my crazy God. Crazy. You know, we just ended, I mean, they were all peeing their pants. So I just, we kind of went the break, you know, at end of the night with, there was no good night or goodbye because mm. they couldn't stop laughing. So it was great. Oh, my great. God. Also,
0: you we, you mentioned a couple of times now, we've mentioned Gone Fishing, we've mentioned EJ, EJ's Need of Stat of the Night, the photoshops, also who he play for. Uh-huh. Those are all bits. As someone that has worked in late night, I've shown run late night shows before, you spend all of your time trying to come up with bits and segments like that. Signature, refillable bits that you can do every year that the enti- everyone watching can look forward to. You would kill for those segments. Those are completely <laughs> invaluable. You cannot put a price on how important those segments are. And those segments on this podcast are not even being discussed. They're not even in the running. That's no. how many amazing moments there are from this show. That's <laughs> wild to think about. Okay, here we go. The next uh the next credential we usually do is called the X Factor. Is there an everybody knows what an X Factor is? T, uh, TK, is there an X Factor that made Inside so good? What made Inside so great?
1: Um, freedom. You know, I mean, just just uh I don't like working with people screaming, yell. Um, you know, I mean, it, it has its place and you know, it your temper's flare and you're tired and all that, but you know, some places that's the only way people communicate it. And, yes. um, and, um, you know, I've worked with guys who aren't good guys. Uh, they shall remain nameless. Um, and, but Charles, Kenny, Shaq, Ernie, uh, are the, the, you know they are just wonderful people, and you know obviously you can take a joke. and obviously you are quickest as, as a snake with a with a counter punch, and and um, you know it's just the formula is just they're just they just they really do. like You said it earlier; they really do like each other. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, um, and and that that to me was as simple as it is. It's just freedom. I know. No, Every every time, um, what was it? Ted Kennedy said about his brother when people said why? Um, he said why not? Mm-hmm. You know, and and so that was always sort of our at- attitude about um, about the show is why not? You know, I yeah. mean, I mean, we who he played for is brilliant in that in that you're showing your quote expert yes. analyst doesn't know who to fuck plays for yes. Him. So um, and of course, you know, most, you, we all know most most guys aren't going to, most guys that are analysts in, in, in the NBA never. or whatever, they don't know either. Right. They, they're, they're, they would never admit it. And right. what, you know, the geniuses is, is Charles just sits there and goes 0 for 5 every year. Yeah. You yeah. know, and and it's great. You know, <laughs> it's so. so
0: good. And I can't believe. I mean, it's it says so much about everyone, and including Chuck, uh, certainly, that he's willing to let something like that go forward. It's just oh brilliant. yeah, he, that's he, like the brilliance of the it. show. He he actually gets excited
1: if you if you ever watch it as Ernie's intro introing it, like he's doing this and he's already and it's great. He knows he's going over five so.
0: I also want to submit, uh, as an X factor, Trill Withers, who was a guest on our show. We already put the Clippers Rockets secret tunnel fight into the first bout hall right. fight as well, in large part because of your guys' coverage of that moment. And something Trill Withers brought up, which when he said it, it delighted me to no end. I'll never, I'm taking it with me. It's mine forever. No one can ever take this from me. And it's the concept that Shaq is an elite. Kiki do you know what that means, Kiki? That he's got that little snickering laugh yeah, that oh, just yeah. keeps stirring up the pot <laughs> to just hear a guy going <laughs> that like little Kiki is yes, such yes. a funny concept. And I want to say that Shaq's ability to just keep shit going by mm. laughing at something is no, just he... so
1: underrated and so lovely. It's great, it's great. So I mean good. he just kept he just kept saying Hey, this is Blake Griffin. They're going to come kill me, you know. Police, <laughs> you know, and Chuck with the police presence. And so you know, yes. he, you know, oh. that was that was so that was good. you know. I mean, the, again, that was another key to the show is listening. Yes. You know, we talked about looking at each other in a camera. Mm. It's not just looking at each other; it's listening because the reporter, uh, Roz Gold on Wunne, mm-hmm. I think was, yep. was doing the thing that night. Yep. She did. Uh, she. She seriously said, "Yes, you know there's a police presence here." And as we were coming out of it, I could hear those guys in my ear giggling, and I didn't know where <laughs> they were going to go with it. And and then Chuck goes, "I've been in the league 22 years. You ever heard a police presence?" And then Jack just lost it. So so good. and that was another gift from God. You know, where oh, those guys so just good. reacted to something. But that
0: that might be the best singular moment on the show. It's already in the first bell Hall of Fame. Uh, right. We're gonna decide here in a minute what else is going in um there's we have another credential it's our voting committee this is the family of the show we we had someone that wanted to be a part of this episode because they're such a huge fan of yours as well his name is david Estramskis. he is our producer at ball's life here is david's question let's listen to it together
1: my favorite inside the nba moments are barkley rants that usually end up with a hysterical Shaq throwing his notes in the air off-camera laughing and a head shaking ernie my personal favorites are the churro eating with san antonio the Phoenix Suns roast that included stale nachos with pickles, the Clippers needing Poli's presence, and when he went off on internet trolls that live in their parents' basement with cookie crumbs on their stomach. When these moments are happening, are you thinking this is comic gold or are you a little worried about the people he might offend?
0: Are you ever worried that Shaq
1: isn't going to get your ass fired? No. I never... I never... uh, You know, and and by the time Shaq got there, I had free reign... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um you know it, it, it was fine um you know the, the the closest i ever came to to i thought i lost my job was uh martin luther king day um so we we used to make fun of halftime entertainment we you know like' could be dogs right something yes, around. yes yes and so we would always <laughs> just try to shove in a 15 second clip of of something silly and we always i just would say to ernie all I had to say was, "Does this impress the Chuckster?" And I wouldn't. Ernie didn't know what it was. He just knew it was halftime, and and he and so Chuck would go off on it. Well, this, in Memphis, they had a speed painter, right? Mm-hmm. There's this yes. dude that goes to every arena. So he's speed painting, and um, we're going, "Hey, look at that! You know, and that and that's something." And Chuck goes, "Ernie, who who he's painting? That looked like Oliver Miller." right it was, it was martin luther king right oh my so already <laughs> so goes chuck it's martin luther king they're painting right? well, we went to break and my paint box guy alex who can't help himself put up a two box where it was chuck it was martin luther king and oliver miller and, and, and oliver miller looked like martin luther king and i'm i'm, I'm sitting there and i'm sitting on it we got to come out of break And do a little segment, and I got time for it. And I go, I say to myself, "Should I?" And then they said fifteen seconds, and I said, "Fuck it, put it up." So we put it up, and they died laughing, right? And so I'm I'm sitting there driving home that night, saying, "Wait, I put." I put possibly the greatest human being on the face of the earth <laughs> next to a fat guy who made his way out of the NBA. I'm gonna lose my job.
0: So there's there's that. Oh, one. what a story! That's
1: fantastic,
0: <laughs> Oliver Miller. I think his nickname was Pig. Oliver Pig Yeah, Miller, right? yeah, yeah, That's yeah. fantastic. Uh, all right, here we got to do a little bit of an NBA uh, inside the NBA trivia quickly. We get so we're, I'm gonna ask you a question. You're gonna answer. This. I I'll be shocked if you know the answers to these questions. I have them because I searched them. Here here we go. Inside the NBA trivia. Who was the fourth chair on Chuck's first night? Do you remember?
1: Peter Vesey. Wow.
0: Very impressive. <laughs> It was also oh the god. last.
1: It was also the last night, Peter Bessie was on. <laughs> The only time Chuck got pissed, he to me said, "You put me on the set with that motherfucker." <laughs>
0: <laughs> what a great story!
1: All right, here we go. Who
0: is the fourth chair when Chuck kisses the donkey? When uh, Kenny Smith has Jesse him. Ventura. Very. <laughs> oh my god! I can't believe you know these. Okay, what candy bar simulates excrement in the Charles Barkley diaper segment?
1: it's a it was a it was either a baby ruth or That's right it's I think it was a baby ruth, ruth yeah oh
0: very good i thought this one was the easy one but you're oh. three for three who fires the starter pistol during the race the great race episode do you remember who dennis fires? scott dennis scott d3 oh,
1: oh that's right d3 was our like, on the scene reporter there <laughs> that's right Live local in lake breaking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the fifth and final question the Inside the NBA trivia segment, how much did Chuck weigh in at when he did his I'm going to lose weight segment? What was his, When he first weighed in, do you remember what his weight was? It
1: was 355 or something like that, and he got down to
0: 298. Two, Barry, listen, I'll give you the credit for the 298. He was 337 and a half pounds uh, the 3- to start. 298 at the finish. That's fantastic. What do you think Chuck weighed on your last show?
1: Oh shit. He's the last show I did. I mean, he's 60 pounds. Good for him. Yeah. He said, um, uh, he's, you know, he'll never get down to his playing weight. Um, but he's, he was gunning to get to 300 and he, so he must've been over 350, you know, at one point, he really, you know, and we were, we're worried. I mean, I, you know, I sat with him a few times and I'm not skinny. I shouldn't talk, (laughs) but it's like, you know, Hey man, you gotta, you know, you can't just, you know, be that heavy and, Things are going to start going wrong, and I, I think um, you know both he and Shaq deal with the idea that it's tough being that big and having yeah. your body hold up as long as it can. You know, just yeah. walking around is pounding on on all those joints and everything. You know, so
0: we love those guys. Guys, keep oh, absolutely. healthy, exercise. You guys stay around here as long as possible. So here's a burning question I have before we get to the last segment. Uh, do I need to hate you or is your retirement going to spell the demise of inside? Like is the end of inside around the corner because you've nah. walked away? Am I going to have to hate you here soon?
1: No, you don't have to hate me. Um, the, uh, there are a couple guys that are, are, are in the, I don't know who it, it's going to get chosen. Uh, my boss is going to choose who's going to do it. Um, but there's two, there's two, three, three producers that I trained. Um, You know desperately all want to do the show because obviously the freedom that you i talked about earlier um but they all think the same way we do and and they get it and um you know it's 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 just to be as inclusive as possible and when you're inclusive you can always you know you can always get better stuff than when you're not you know
0: it is time for the cosine it's the floor is yours tk Which of these moments, which of the moments that we've gone through, which sticks out as special, which is deserving, if you've got to pick one, which is deserving from your perspective of going into the first battle hall of fame?
1: Well, I'm going to throw you a curveball, one that you didn't list. Um, We were going to Vegas to do uh, a a CES, some conference, it's a technical Mm -hmm. conference. Yep. You know, it's a big deal in Vegas. So we were going to do show from out there. We, we had a band. The, the guy's name is Mike and the Martinis. And they all come out like Dean, you know, Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra mm-hmm. and do all this mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but as a lead up to it, we were, Chuck was just, Sucks, I'm going to Vegas. I'm going to Vegas. I'm going to lose all my money, you know. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I got, I got one of our social people to go out to Vegas. They were right out ahead of us. And I said find Wayne Newton and get Wayne Newton. Okay. Mm. So we, um, we have a soundbite of Wayne Newton calling out Chuck. I want you to go back and I want you to tell that big that I don't need his it's, it's genius. Um, Wayne Newton, you know, bought into it. I, I, you know, again, you never know how people are going to buy into it when they're, uh, actors and singers and stuff like that. He bought into it, and it is is brilliantly funny. Charles's reaction is so great.
0: Oh, my God. I, ca- I can't wait. We're going to put it in the social thread for the show, at First Ballot Pod on Twitter, at First Ballot HOF on Instagram. I realize those should be the same. Uh, the thank you so much for being on the show it's time for the induction speech that's when I, Neil, get to decide whether this thing which of these moments goes in I'm immediately going to say right out of the gate that Wayne Newton thing for you to hold on to that for me to not even know this moment it just speaks to the treasure trove of content that this show has given us forever these memories, that's what they are, they're memories they're not just like a joke their memories we feel like we know these guys we feel like we're friends with them we're connected to them we care about them and these are shared mutual memories that we all have and for you to add another one in this way newton moment i cannot wait to watch thank you for bringing it up i'm I'm also going to put in let me look at my list here i'm also going to put in i'm going to put in the race i think it's too good I think Weber taking it seriously, Kenny being mad, refusing to accept it, the band being there—it just ticks every box. And I'm also going to say, the Shaq one-two back-to-one. Shaq being mad. There's something about people being mad that really just elicits true joy for me. Those both of those moments are also going into the first bell hall. Congratulations!
1: You're a canuser, as we say back home in Pittsburgh.
0: <laughs> I the last thing I want to say is when I think about inside the NBA and the cast and the show and your work for you know almost 30 odd years it's like you know I'm a I'm the not the biggest Lakers fan, I'm the best Lakers fan. I open with that. The, the those Shaq Kobe Lakers meant the world to me. That was hell on earth. Those two dudes were just a, an annihilating force. It was so much fun to watch them. I don't know that any basketball that I'll ever watch for the rest of my life will ever even come halfway close to touching that period for me. It was truly special. And to me, when I think about inside, I go, that's like Shaq and the Kobe Lakers, but they stay together forever. <laughs> it's hard to appreciate what you've got while it's still happening, but yeah. we need to take a moment. What you did, your work, your work, Inside the NBA, it's like KD on the Warriors for three decades. It's unmitigated dominance. It's legends working off of each other, sharing with each other, being generous, loving each other. That show is dripping with love, and it is so special, and I cannot thank you enough for being on the show. TK, thank you so much. It means the world to me. That's,
1: i just blown away. Thank you, Neil. I appreciate everything you said, and – you know you get I mean, it, every and, goddamn um, word you know it, it's uh it's just um uh it's been a wonderful run and like i said it was it was all because we were able to to create this sort of culture of you know we're not afraid to take ideas from anybody you know and i mean i you know you know as a writer um you know my dad used to say oh writing's easy just slit your wrists and let it bleed all over the- <laughs> um you know and i think you know doing these type of shows and doing these gags because i could have given you a list of a bunch of gags that went flatter than a pancake and, uh, <laughs> still we made fun out of them because then we made fun of ourselves trying to be yes. funny you know right. so you know um and, and and it's very funny you mentioned Seinfeld because I had a guy come up to me, an older executive at Turner, who was kind of a bitter guy. And he said, uh, he, we pulled a gag one night and he thought it was stupid. And he said, Seinfeld writers, you ain't. You know? And I'm like, all right, well, you know, <laughs> tune in next week. We'll see what we do next week. So, <laughs> <you know>. right. <laughs> oh,
0: my God. I'm so happy you guys did it. Thank you so much for being on the show at me. No, no my pleasure.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: That's it. That's the show. My thanks to TK. Really, it's a thrill to be able to call him TK. I feel like Shaq and I have so many things in common. Shaq calls Tim Kylie TK. I call him TK. He's one of the best post players that ever play basketball. I am also one of the best, if you expand that list a bit. My plan is to become friends with TK. I want to ask him for advice on my career. It's a goal. I'll keep you all updated. Shout out today goes to Vanguard Vince on Twitter. Thanks for letting everyone know about our Mikey Wellen episode. No big deal. Just a guy on Twitter like you or me whose work forces an NBA referee to suddenly retire, changing the face of the league for years to come. No big deal. Credits Robbie Bobby Arrucci edits the show. Jessica Singh produces it. E.J. Cabasal is the new guy. David Estramskis is our overlord at Balls Life. No, David's great. Shout out to PA. Thanks to Matt Rodriguez at Balls Life as well. Rhythm J makes all the beats. Follow him on social at Rhythm J. Rate and review us if you would, please. We're just trying to add an extra year here, you know? Just trying to add a little bit of time to the show. You rating and reviewing us, telling a friend, that would help us out on this mission. I really appreciate it. And please come back next week for more First Ballot.
2: There's nothing to me. Ah,